Thanks for tuning in to Farmer Theologian, a podcast designed to help you build deeply rooted practical theology. Let's get to work. Welcome in to a new episode of Farmer Theologian. I want to thank you again for tuning in. We know you have many choices in the great landscape that is Podcastlandia, and we are thankful that you have chosen to uh, listen to Farmer Theologian. Have you ever made a rookie mistake at something? Have you ever thought, oh, I should have known that would be more than I bargained for? Well, that's what I did when starting this uh, sort of mini-series on the main point series, as I'm calling it, because my goal was, my thinking was, I do a series of podcasts, you know, in the 15-minute range, circa 15 minutes, describing the main points of the various major disciplines of theology, and I thought it would be no big deal. It would be an encouragement to the church. And then I came to topic number two, theology proper, and how does one hit on the main points of theology proper? It is really um, an impossible task to to do briefly, for sure, but really to do, because anytime you cut something out or you choose not to to include it in the main points, you feel like you're shortchanging the Lord of the universe. Nevertheless, I do want this program to be an encouragement to you, and I do want to spur you on to having deeply rooted practical theology as the hook line here of the podcast is. And so I'm going to do my best, do my best to to, uh, some points of theology proper. I don't know that I can in good conscience call it main points because there is so much. And again, who am I to decide whether this point is uh, worthy of being called a main point or not? But I do want to hit on some points that I think are really essential to our understanding of who God is and just encourage you of all the disciplines of theology uh, to give yourself more time to study and to dive into. Let me encourage you to make it theology proper. At the end of this podcast, I'll give you two particular resources to help you with that. Um, but I would, again, just greatly encourage. This is this is way too big a task for one podcast episode. But nevertheless, we're going to try to hit on some high points or some dare I say, main points of studying theology proper. And the first of those points is God's existence. Scripture plainly declares that there is a God, that God does exist, which is enough to hold man accountable to him. Because Scripture declares there is a God and that he does exist, we are necessarily accountable to him. Folks in my church have heard me say often that the most difficult verse in the Bible is Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I say that because if you can accept that and truly accept that truth, then you are accountable to all the rest that comes after it. If God is the alone being, the if he has perfect aseity, meaning he needs nothing else to exist, if he is the uncreated creator, and if he created all things, then we are necessarily accountable to him. So the fact that Scripture plainly declares the existence of God both makes us accountable, and we see that Scripture proves the existence of God both by declaring his incomprehensibility, that's a good word to say, incomprehensibility, and the necessity of man's redemption. Because we are accountable, we have been uh, 
alienated from him in our sin. Therefore, we need to be reconciled. So both the need for man's redemption or reconciliation and the incomprehensibility of God prove that God truly exists. If we are to start with theology proper, we can't get past this single truth. God does exist, and Scripture makes that abundantly clear. Therefore, we are accountable to Him. Next, along with understanding the existence of God, I think it's essential that we, or helpful especially, that we understand how God is named in Scripture. And there are multiple ways for this, but I want to highlight for you for the purpose of this podcast three. The first is the covenant name of God that's found in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. That is Yahweh. I am that I am, as it's translated into our English Bibles. This is the covenant name of God. And as you read, particularly in your English Bible, you should note that most English Bibles will translate this name Lord, and it's a a case in which Lord is capitalized and then O-R-D is also in kind of smaller capital letters. Anytime you see this in Scripture, this is invoking the personal name or the covenant name of God and showing us that God is a covenant-keeping God. The second name that is commonly used in Scripture is El or Elohim, the plural form used, and it just means God. And this indicates and talks to us about God's power, strength, and might. So when we see LORD, or in all caps, we're thinking Yahweh, which is His covenant-keeping name. He is a covenant-keeping God. When we see God, or El, or Elohim, we see that He is powerful, strong, mighty. And then the third name that I would highlight for you today in understanding this uh main idea of theology proper is the name Adonai. Now this will be translated Lord as well, but the three letters after L will not be capitalized. So it'd be Lord written kind of in a plain sense. And this focuses on uh, the, a person's recognition of his sovereignty or his superiority. It is, it is the idea of the relationship between a Lord or a master and a servant. So we're getting his authority in this name, Lord, when it's in lowercase letters. So these are the three names of God that help us form our understanding of God supremely. He is Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God. He is El or Elohim. He is the powerful, strong, mighty God. And he is Adonai, or he is Lord. He is our authority. Now, the last area to think about when thinking about theology proper is that of his attributes or his perfections. And this, dear friends, is where it's really impossible to narrow down the essential ones. It, this is where I struggled the most with thinking of what to highlight for you today and what to speak to you about as kind of main points. Because again, if I leave anyone off. I feel like I have shortchanged the incomprehensible God of the universe. But I do want to highlight to you a couple of aspects to help your understanding when considering God's attributes or his perfections. And the first is communicated in the idea of perfections. Most of the time, people will and theologians will speak of the attributes of God. And these are truly attributes, but I would encourage you to think about them in terms of perfections. These are not parts of God. It's not like God is part love, part oneness, part omniscience, part omnipotence. No, he is fully, perfectly all of these things. God's characteristics are the essential nature of his character, and he has all of these characteristics in 
absolute perfection. So let me highlight a couple of these that I think is important for us to know. The first is the aseity of God. That is his independence and self-sufficiency. God is the only being that is truly independent and self-sufficient. He relies on nothing else for his existence. This you will hear theologians refer to as his aseity. The second main characteristic that or perfection that I want to highlight for you is his immutability. He is unchanging in his essence, character, purpose, and promises. Let me say that for you again. God is immutable, which means unchanging. And when we speak of God's immutability, we're talking about the fact that he is unchanging in his essence, character, purpose, and promises. And then the last one I want to encourage you to think about that is essential for our understanding, especially for fending off heresies, is that God is one. There is a perfect unity in his essence. And this is essential as we understand who God is. His aseity, his immutability, and his oneness. Now that brings us necessarily to one of the key points that we'll discuss when discussing theology proper, and that is the truth of the Trinity. And the best way to understand this is in the classic way that it has been described, that he has three persons, one essence. So you could say God eternally exists in one essence, subsisting in three persons. Now listen, friend, if you get too far down the road of trying to further explain this, trying to further uh, detail this with illustrations, Every illustration of the Trinity turns into heresy when pressed hard. So let me encourage you to rejoice in the fact that this is one of the great truths of God that we will never fully comprehend this side of heaven. But it is a truth that we embrace by faith and we defend to the uttermost because this is a main point, an essential point of understanding who God is. God eternally exists in one essence, subsisting in three persons. Now, as we continue to think on these kind of main points of theology, we've talked about God's existence. We've talked about some of the names that we know God by and what that reveals about him. We've talked about his perfections. We've talked about specifically his oneness with regard to the Trinity. And the last thing I want to encourage you to think about is God's decree. God's decree. When theologians speak of God's decree, we're talking about God's eternal plan by which he foreordained everything to come to pass. Again, I believe this is all summed up in the idea that God is the creator, that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth because he created it, because he owns it all, he controls it all. Or you might hear theologians talk about he is sovereign over all. Therefore, Everything that he has ordained to come to pass will come to pass in perfection. And he works everything else to bring that to happen. Everything in his creation, everything in his providence, both his general providence in the heavens and the earth and his specific providence in directing our particular circumstances, everything about that is accomplishing his perfect, inviolable decree. Everything that God has planned will perfectly come to pass. And dear friends, this ought to be a great comfort to us, a great encouragement to us to know that nothing happens outside of God's control. So let me wrap up as I, again, try to just wrap my own mind around covering theology proper or the 
important points of theology proper in 15 minutes or so, let me encourage you. Remember, Scripture tells us God exists, and therefore we are accountable to Him. And, and Scripture proves His existence, particularly in His incomprehensibility and man's need to be reconciled to Him. We see God named in Scripture in many ways, but I highlighted for you three today. Yahweh, His covenant-keeping name, which, which tells us He is a God who keeps all His promises. Elohim, or El, which tells us He is a powerful, mighty God. And then Adonai, which tells us He is Lord. He is our authority. And then next, we see that God has perfections or attributes. You've probably heard them called. Each of these things, each of these essential elements of His character are all in perfection, all in totality. And I highlighted for you a couple today that he is, he has aseity, which means he has complete independence or self-sufficiency, that he is immutable, unchanging in his essence, character, purpose, and promises, and that he is one, perfect in the unity of his essence, which tells us that we need to understand that he is the triune God, or he exists in a trinity, which means God eternally exists in one essence, subsisting in three persons. And then lastly, we talked about God's decree. Everything that God has preordained or foreordained to come to pass will come to pass by nature of who he is and his sovereign control over all things. Well, friends, that is a whirlwind trying to cover the um, the, the topic of theology proper in such a brief format. But again, I want to restate, as I told you at the beginning, I pray that this is just a springboard for you to study God more. And if nothing else, I pray that wherever you're listening to this today, that you will just simply take time to praise God for who he is, for his enormity, for his incomprehensibility, that he is far beyond our understanding. And as I mentioned, I want to give you two resources to help you uh, dig deeper into understanding of theology proper, and particularly the perfections or the attributes of God. The first is a book by A.W. Tozer called The Knowledge of the Holy. This is a smaller book. It's very devotional in nature that each chapter just covers a um, attribute of God or a perfection of God, and it really is exalting the glory of God and leads one to worship. You could also pick up A.W. Pink's Attributes of God. It is along the same lines. Very, very good book. And then the other one that I want to recommend to you that is much deeper, much more thorough, is The Existence and Attributes of God by Stephen Charnock. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I'm a big fan of Stephen Charnock. In his book, uh, The Existence and Attributes of God is is top shelf. It is one of the best books written on the topic. And I think Crossway just came out with a beautiful new two-volume set of this book that you can pick up. It is a stunning book with amazing Christ-exalting, God-exalting, God-glorifying truth in it. So let me encourage you. Again, that's The uh, Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer, The Attributes of God by A.W. Pink, and The Existence and Attributes of God by Stephen Charnock. Well, friend, thank you again for tuning in to Farmer Theologian. I pray this episode encourages you to continue studying theology proper as we all continue to develop deeply rooted practical theology.